up, my fellow monkeys? Today is Saturday, June the 12th, 2010. Got quite a few things I want to talk about on today's show. Mainly going to be dealing with uh, a couple of shotguns that I've been looking at and one I want to get. But before we jump into that, let's go ahead and... uh, Get our contact info and stuff like that out of the way. If you want to contact me, and I'd love to hear from you, you can do it a couple of different ways. You can either uh, call me on the voicemail, which is going to be 206-339-3266. Again, that's area code 206-339-3266. Or if you've got a review for the show or you want to just talk about something in general, have questions about this or that, uh, you can always feel free to, to uh, record an MP3 and send that to me. I'll play that on the show. Or you can send an email, and I'll go ahead and read that out on the show. And if you want to do that, you can send an email or that MP3 file over to me at thearmedape at gmail.com. Uh, now that's going to bring us into uh, another little bit of business about the websites. And... Uh, I got this thing started kind of from my YouTube channel. Oh, not, I guess it was maybe a week or so ago. I got an email from YouTube saying, hey, we want you to join up and uh, be part of this AdSense thing uh, to do revenue sharing on one of your videos. One of your videos has a lot of views on it and stuff, and so we want to see if you want to do that. So I went ahead and went through the kind of the rigmarole of that. And what you have to do is you have to set up an account with a thing called Google AdSense. And I guess that's where the ads come from is Google. And then if on your video, and some of you guys have seen on YouTube where there'll be an ad or this or that, and it'll, it'll kind of pop up. So if, you've, uh, if you click on that, the person who, whose video that is then you know, gets a small percentage of the money uh, of that advertising dollar, I guess you could say. So anyway, uh, I opted in for that. So on one of my videos, if you go over to YouTube and you type in my channel, which is 525 Donuts, so 525-D-O-N-U-T-S, and you go to the review that I did on the uh, Swedish Army mess kit, and that's entitled uh, Swedish slash Swiss Army, uh, or maybe Swiss Army mess kit, something like that. I can't recall off the top of my head, but anyway... Uh, if you go over to my channel, you'll you'll see that. And then if you watch the video, there'll be ads over on the side, and then ads on the uh, on the thing that pops up in the video itself. So if you click on those, I get like I said a very small percentage. So what I did was they were saying when you set up your AdSense account that you uh, if you've got a website or a web page, things like that, you can put ads on your pages. And it, it works in much the same way that if you go over to either one of my websites, so if you go either over to uh, thearmedape.com or go over to firearmscafe.com, if you'll scroll down the page once you get there, there's some ads. And if you click on those, then I'll get a small percentage. Um, and what I'm kind of planning on doing or hoping that the, the way that it works out is that I'll maybe be able to get enough clicks and stuff from you guys if you go over to the website and click on those things that... Uh, I'll be able to, what I'd, what I'd really like to do is have those things provide enough money to, number one, pay for 
um, the fees for having the website and the bandwidth and all that stuff and having the domain names. And then I'd like to use any of the extra money that I get, if I get enough, uh, to buy a new microphone. What I'm using right now is it's a cheapy kind of Logitech one and it's a decent microphone and it kind of gets the job done, but it's, uh, it's not really set up or designed for, um, you know, for real good, clear audio and things like that. And it kind of picks up other stuff from around the room. Now, from my understanding, a lot of the, the microphones that are made specifically for recording or for broadcasting, you pretty much have to get real close to the mic. And what it does is it, uh, what is it called? Like unidirectional or something like that, where it, it, if you talk to the side of the mic, it's really not going to pick it up too well. It'll, you'll still get some pickup, but it's really designed for you to talk right into the mic. And this one is the, what I'm using right now is kind of designed to where, you know, you can, uh, you just sort of talk around it and it can pick up stuff. So, um, so I'd like to get that. I, I'm using audacity too, for the software and that's free and it's so far it's done pretty, pretty well. It's what I use for everything. Uh, but I, I wouldn't mind using something, uh, maybe that has a little bit more options or something that I could, uh, do a little bit more work with. But, uh, the main thing is I'd like to get the, be able to buy the, uh, uh a better microphone and I've got one in mind, uh, but I don't want to pay the the full price on it and even on some of the things where I can find one maybe on eBay or something like that but even those on eBay are still kind of pricey and I don't want to pay the you know the full price or, the, or even the eBay price and uh, if I can get some money that comes in from the ads and from the clicks and stuff that if you guys will go to the site and click on those and I tried to tailor them you can do a thing in there where it says you know do categories so I tried to do things that were firearm related and that were uh, I did. I think I did firearms, travel, and training, and uh, water purification, camping, things like that. You know, camping supply stuff like that. So hopefully, some of the ads will be of interest to you. But like I said, if you guys have a few extra minutes in your day and you can spare the time, uh, go over there and give me a few clicks, and that'll help me out with the show. I did get a couple of uh, emails. I got one from uh, our buddy Jens over in Germany, and Jens did a really nice thing for me. Uh, on the last show, I think I was talking about you know drop leg holster for when you go camping and stuff like that. And a lot of times, if you've got a pack on or something, if you're if you're carrying a sidearm, the pack can get in the way, so you need to have a drop leg, maybe a little drop leg uh, type of platform to be able to still have the firearm with you. And uh, so what he did is he went over to one of the surplus stores over there and found, I guess, an old. Um, leather uh, police issue holster that has like kind of like a swivel thing that you can lock or keep um, and it sort of drops it down on your leg a little bit so and then he uh, said he's going to send that to me so I really appreciate that Ian so thanks so much for doing that uh, that was pretty cool of you to do that for me now uh, in uh, one of Ian's emails that he sent me he was talking about um, you know on, on we've been talking I guess I'll do a little bit of background. We've been talking a lot about the new immigration bill here and and what's been going on with that and how it mirrors federal law and all that stuff. Uh, and he and that was I had some of that on 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 my last uh, I think Firearms Cafe show and was talking about some of that stuff. And so he sent in some uh, some things about that, basically saying that over there in Germany, 
you you are i guess maybe required to have identification on you and that the police can stop you to identify you know kind of like and verify who you are they can stop stop anybody excuse me but he did make the point of saying that this only happens with due cause so it's not really a hassle uh, and then i'm i uh i think i'm going to actually read the little bit more details out on um on firearms cafe when i do that next episode over there because that's going to do a little bit more of the uh, I'm going to follow up with some stuff more on the um, immigration thing. You know, we're getting lots of, uh, I've been getting lots of emails that kind of deal with that or, or kind of dealing with that subject from some of the listeners out there. And so, uh, but again, thanks, Yens, um, for sending that stuff in. Uh, and uh, like I said, I also got a couple from Mike and... Um, uh, one of them was kind of a funny little thing about uh, there was a cactus that looked like it was, you know, flipping flipping the bird there to California type deal. And um, then he also sent me another one talking about when they have, uh, when immigration has got a hold of, of some of these uh, illegals and they're holding them. Um, they're not considered jailed, they're considered detained and they're getting ready to ship them back or they're supposed to get ready to ship them back, I guess. And they're talking about how there's all these, um, the uh, ICE, I think it's called ICE, and it stands for, um, let me pull this thing up here so I can, uh, it stands for uh, Immigration and Customs Enforcement. So anyway, uh, and uh, Mike sent me a link to an article which talks about how they're basically trying to make the detention facilities more, uh, I don't even know how to say it. Um, they're trying to make them feel, I don't know, less, less like a, a correctional institution and more like a, a, a housing center, I guess. I don't, I don't really know how to explain it better. But um, what I'll do is I'll go ahead and, like I said, I, I may talk about this a little bit more over at Firearms Cafe on my next show, which I'll probably put out tomorrow. Uh, if, if things go well, I mean, I'm meaning if I have the time. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, let's see. I also got another email from uh, Jim and uh, kind of dealing a little bit with the, um, oh, again, with immigration. And uh, in his email, he sent me a thing um and basically showing, he sent me a couple, uh, like a picture of when they go out and they pick up all the, basically the trash and the clothing and the bottles and stuff that a lot of these immigrants, when they come over, they're just dumping because they're done with it, you know, so there's tons of trash out there. Um, and again, like I said, I'll, I'll talk more about that. But if you guys had listened to the last show of Firearms Cafe, you heard me um, in there, uh, there's a woman, Gabriella, who talks about immigration i played that so and it was funny in jim's email he had sent me the the link to that so i don't know if he had heard that show yet or not but um so other than that i think that's about all the emails that i got um so let's go ahead and jump into the uh, kind of the bulk of the show today and what i want to talk about today is some shotguns I got a couple in particular in mind. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the Remington 870, about the Mossberg 500, and some of the variances of that. 
We'll also be talking a little bit about the um, Winchester model 1897, and we'll also talk a little bit about the, um, what was that company, Norinco, which are their copies or their clones of a couple of the old Winchester uh, shotguns that came from the 1800s, uh, late 1800s. So originally, you know, when I, I was thinking about uh, getting a shotgun, I've got um, a Mossberg, a 20 gauge, and I've got an old 410 bolt action, and I, I love those guns. But they're really more for uh, more for like rabbit, especially the 410 would be more for like rabbit or squirrel hunting. Um, and then the uh, the 20 gauge that I have is it's it's more like a duck gun or you know a bird gun. And uh, although you can shoot you can shoot slugs and buckshot through it, a lot of people uh, are are kind of going to the 20 gauge as far as that for home defense as well. Um, but the way that the gun is set up, the barrel is like way too long. It'd be it'd be way too unwieldy to go through the house and use it as a self-defense tool. I mean, you could do it, and you could especially do it if you were barricaded, like in your room, if you were in there, and uh, you know you've called the cops if somebody broke into your house, and and you've got that. And if someone comes through the door, and then you you know you open up on them and and uh, you know stop them from trying to to take your head off. Uh, and a lot of people are saying that they're looking at the 20 gauge as a good option because it's not the recoil isn't as bad it's something that um people that maybe aren't the uh the biggest and strongest can use so it's a gun that that everybody would be able to to manage a little bit better so that the women would be able to manage or if you had a younger a a younger son or daughter it's something that they could use and manage um so, like I said, I've got that, and I don't want to, uh, since that's the, the, the 20 gauge that I have is a shotgun that my dad gave me, I don't want to really do anything to it as far as, like, you know, cutting the barrel down or doing a different stock or anything like that. Um, that's pretty much I'll, I'll keep it the way it is. Uh, so what I was looking at was something primarily for home defense and at first i thought well maybe you know what i was really looking at was the the uh, the remington 870 and the mossberg 500 but and i started looking a little bit more into it and then i kind of came across the um oh some of the 12 gauge copies of the norinco which are, are the the uh, norinco is the company they import their stuff from china and they were copies of the old Winchester guns. And one of them was a copy of the old lever action gun, lever action shotgun. And uh, the other was the 1897, uh, the pump action gun. And this is the one that, um, oh, I think Winchester made it from the, oh, I think it was an improvement on the Model 93, which was the 1893. And uh, I think they made that gun up until the 50s or 60s, I think. Uh, and there's there's a ton of them out there, but anyway, the the Model 97, I just I really like the look of that gun. I think it's a really neat gun, and I got the idea into my head. I thought, well, and I, oh, then the gun that I really like is that take the takedown version of it. And there, of course, were several different versions. There was a version um, that was what they called the trench gun. They had the the riot gun that the police used. The trench gun had the uh, like the heat shield on it and the bayonet lug, and I think had an 18 or 20 inch barrel. I think it had an 18, um, and it also had uh, and then the the riot guns that the police had. I don't I can't recall right off the top of my head 
whether or not those had the um, had the bayonet lugs on them or not. But then the, the different guns would be marked differently. They were all pretty much the same platform. Um, they came in, I know, uh, 12 gauge and I think in 16 gauge. And uh, I can't recall whether they came in 20 gauge or not. And I, I should know it, but I, I just wasn't even, I haven't even been looking at the 20 gauge uh, thing. What I wanted to get is the 12 gauge version of it. And I wanted to get an original. I didn't want to get one of the Norinkos. Now, earlier on with the Norinkos, I guess supposedly what had happened was is that they weren't uh, that reliable. They had some failures. Um, and supposedly there's a guy that uh, I think out here in Arizona, and uh, his name is like his, uh, if it's his SAS name or it's his, uh, which is a single action shooting society thing. Um and, and he's a gunsmith who works on a lot of the old cowboy guns, which is what a lot of the guys that that do the, the cowboy shooting and the cowboy matches, a lot of them use a, uh, either an original Winchester, the Model 97, or some of them will use the lever guns, um, or they'll use that Norinco copy. And what those guys do is they will um, send them to a gunsmith and have them tune them up and make them real reliable and all that stuff. Now, that gunsmith that I was talking about originally... I think his name was something like Coyote Cap, and I think he had actually gone over or maybe worked with that company, Norinco, to get the um, the specs more in line and to make the guns more reliable. Uh, he made suggestions like, you know, you need to use better wood and just make them look better and, and, you know, work on your bluing and all this other type of stuff. So supposedly those guns have, have come a long way, the Norinco ones. So uh, anyway... On looking at some of the forums, when I started looking at that gun, I thought, well, you know, would this would this be a gun that I would want to use and have maybe as a self-defense gun that I could use at the home? And what I would do is I would want to get, I, now, I, to get an original, like the original actual trench shotgun uh, would cost quite a bit of money. And what you can do is you can find maybe a gun that has a longer barrel and you can then send that to a gunsmith if you want and have the barrel cut down and all this other jazz. But the more I thought about it, I was like, well, you know, do I really want to have that and rely on that for a home defense or if I'm out in the if I'm out in the woods camping or something like that or if we've gone up to, you know, to Montana someplace and we're out at a cabin do I want to have that gun or do I want to have something that's maybe a little bit more modern that has modern uh, components and the, uh, the the metallurgy of it, so to speak, is I, I'm getting better, you know, uh, steel parts or aluminum parts or I'm getting uh, polymers that are super strong and aren't going to rust out, things like that. And uh, the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know what, I need to uh, probably not have those for my home defense, for self-defense and home defense and things like that. Not that I, that they probably wouldn't be reliable or couldn't be used, but just in, at least in my way of thinking, it seems like it makes more sense to have something that's a little bit more modern materials. Now, having said that, I am eventually am totally going to get one of those, uh, the pump action, the Winchesters, and I'd love to get also one of the lever actions. And I know that they have their quirks and problems and stuff like that. But I just, especially that, that Winchester Model 97, 
I just think that is such a nice looking gun. Um, just the, the look at it. I've held some at a gun show. The feel of them. Uh, I, I just sort of like everything about them. And I've seen some that uh, once they get kind of fixed up, man, they, they're a really nice looking gun. Uh, and, and like I think I mentioned uh, maybe a little earlier, um, when Winchester made those guns, they made several different models and several different purposes for those specific kind of model, like, you know, having the riot gun and the trench gun and blah, 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 that kind of stuff. But uh, I've seen some that, you know, people got them and they sent them off to, um, oh, what was show was I watching? Maybe it was sighting in or something like that anyway it's it's, it's one of the shows where that uh, i think the host is jim scouton and uh, he was talking about that he had bought a an old model 97 pump at a gun show he paid about 200 dollars for it and then what he did was he sent it off to um this company and i can't for the life of me recall the company it's like dnl metals or something like that anyway they specialize in re-bluing and refinishing guns. And so what they did is they sent it to their gunsmith guy or the gunsmith that they're affiliated with. He put new parts in where he needed it. They, they, uh, cut the barrel down a little bit and then they, they put in adjustable choke tubes and stuff like that, screwing choke tubes and all that. And basically turned it into a brand new gun. Now he got the whole thing re-blued. He had the, um, all new parts put in it and because it was pretty much a junker when that from what he was saying when he got it so what it ended up costing him was something about i think he said on the cost of around like thirteen hundred dollars and he was saying that that would be the cost if your gun was pretty much a total basket case that you could get it and get it back and they also did stuff where they laser etched in the uh in the stock his his show's logo and they had some other stuff done that i wouldn't get done that would probably knock down the price a little bit but you know i, I mean uh on something like that and that's probably what i'll do with with that eventually that old 97 uh, and uh excuse me i'll take a little drinky here ah that's good stuff you know cough medicine with ice it tastes pretty good so anyway you could say that that's a lot of money to spend on a shotgun and getting one refurbished, especially when you could get one, uh, you know, like a, a more modern shotgun for a heck of a lot less money. Because uh, if you look at what that what he put into it, let's say that you you didn't have to do that much work, but it, it was still like five hundred dollars. Well, you may end up paying three or four hundred dollars for the gun and then having to do another four or five, six hundred dollars for that. So it could be that you're going to be around eight hundred to you know about a thousand bucks to get the gun up and running and and going but once you did that i think you would have a gun that would last uh, and again on some of these it would last you you know another hundred years or so let's go ahead and jump forward here a little bit on the old time scale and uh oh before we do that if you're if you're into cowboy shooting or you know a lot about the 97s or even the, the old lever guns or anything like that and i'm talking about the old lever shotguns uh, but especially if you have any experience or know some of the ups and downs of that Model 97, go ahead, give me a call on the voicemail or send me an email and or an MP3, however you want to do it. But contact me, let me know kind of what you think about it. Just uh, And again, not so much as a gun that you're going to be using for you know, home defense, uh, or again, like if you're up in the mountains or something like that, 
although I would, you know, if if the gun was worthy, was was safe to shoot, and was reliable, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd have any problems using it for that. Um, but give me some reasons why I shouldn't, or why I should, or why it wouldn't make a difference. And this would be with the caveat of having a gunsmith, a uh, competent gunsmith, I should say, go through it and making it, you know, shootable, making it safe, making it reliable. Uh, so anyway, let's go ahead and jump forward a little bit here on the time scale. And the the guns that I'm used to, the shotguns that I'm used to, is I have a 20-gauge shotgun. That's a Mossberg. And I have a little 410 shotgun. It's a Mossberg again. Um, I've never had a lick of trouble out of any of them. Um, they work. The 20-gauge the, uh, is a pump. And again, like I said, the uh, 410 is a, a little bolt action, holds five in a little internal magazine. And uh, neat little guns. I'll never get rid of them. Those were guns that my uh, dad had gotten for me. And I'm not going to really modify them or anything like that. They'll pretty much stay the way that they are. I mean, I would, you know, if the stocks got banged up or something like that, I would refinish them. Uh, or if there was a part that got broken on them, I would redo it. I'm, You know, I, I would get the new replacement parts for them and stuff, so... Uh, but I don't really want to heavily modify one of those and turn turn my, let's say, my 20 gauge into more of a home de, uh, a home defense or self defense shotgun. Uh, so, but I, like I said, with what I hunted with for years and years was the uh, that Mossberg that 20 gauge. So I'm I'm totally used to all the controls. I pick them up. It feel I don't even think about where anything is. I don't think about where the safety is. I don't think about how to hold it. I don't think about where the little switch is to uh, release the um, you know to release the form so you can rack the slide and stuff like that. So that was uh, when I was looking at a shotgun. I was thinking, well, should I go with an 870? I have some friends that have those. And I, I thought, or should I go with maybe with a, a 500 or one of the variants? And when I, when I first, I was kind of leaning a little bit more towards the Remington. It seemed that, um, you know, you look at some of the trainers and some of them like the Remington, some of them like the Mossberg. And I think it's just a matter of personal preference. I, I know that there's some people prefer the layout of the Mossberg, but they like maybe the internals of the Remington a little better. Some people... And I think for me, I'm going to fall into the camp of people where it's not going to make that much of a difference, uh, and so I'm just going to go with what I with kind of with what I know and what I'm familiar with. Once I kind of ruled out probably not I ruled out the Remington, I thought, okay, well, should I get an uh, maybe an older Mossberg 500 and 12 that's a pump, and then just have the barrel cut down, you know, find like an old. Uh, you know, maybe bird gun or something that uh, that was in a pawn shop and, you know, get it for a couple hundred bucks and then have it, you know, again, have it uh, sent out to a gunsmith and just have it go over it and make sure that everything's good on it. And at that time, then have the barrel cut down. And if I wanted to do uh, maybe an extended magazine or something like that, you know, do it that way. Or should I just go and buy a brand new one uh, and it would probably end up in, in the long run would probably end up costing me a little less. I could get um, what and what I'm looking at now, and and what I've pretty much got my mind made up on. Although I, you know, I'm uh, uh, if somebody's got some input or or some things that they feel is is real bad about them, I'm looking at the the uh, 590, 
And I know there's an A1, which is sort of the military version that has the the metal trigger guard and the metal safety and the uh, heavier barrel. Or, um, but I'm not necessarily, to me, it's not going to make that big of a difference to have either the military grade or like what you would call maybe the civilian grade. Uh, but I do like that 590, the special purpose. And uh, the one that I'm actually thinking about getting is I want, I've seen one where it's got the heat shield and the bayonet lug. And I'm pretty sure that's one of the special purposes. And the reason I like that is because it reminds me so much of the, um, of the, the trench gun uh, from World War One. It reminds me a lot of that, uh, Oh, that Winchester Model 97, that was the trench gun that came with the bayonet lug and the and uh, uh, the heat shield on there. Now, the reality is, am I ever going to use a bayonet on a shotgun? No. Am I ever going to need a heat shield because I'm going to have so much volume of fire that I'm going to need that to help cool the barrel? No. That, that, I mean, that's not going <laughs> to, that's just not going to happen. Uh, I, I suppose, you know, you should never say never type thing, but you know, the reality of it is if I'm using this as a self-defense tool or even let's say if we're if, if we're up in Montana or out in the woods up here or out in the mountains up here in Arizona somewhere and I'm carrying it for more for protection from uh, things, you know, like bears and mountain lions, um, even with that, I'm still not going to shoot enough t- to make it to where I couldn't you know, handle the barrel type, you know, you know, you guys know what I mean. Uh, you know, even if I blast it out and especially with the special purpose, which is what I'm looking at a, uh, I think you get, you can have eight in the tube and one in the pipe. So you get uh, nine shots total. So even shooting nine pretty fast, you know, that heat shield wouldn't do anything for me, you know, really, uh, again, it's all pretty much just cosmetic, but I just love the look of it. And one thing that I want to do and I'm thinking about doing is when I get that is if I can find maybe at a, at a gun show or even find a uh, uh, one that's kind of beat up or something that somebody wants to get rid of would be to find the, uh, the stocks for it in wood. Then what I would do is I would switch out the, uh, the again, the, the buttstock and I would switch out the forearm and have them in wood. And that would really kind of give you that look of a, um, you know, of the old Winchester trench gun. So that's kind of my shotgun saga. So like I said, if any of you guys have any uh, advice or information or or anything like that that you want to throw in or you want to add your two cents in, or if you want to uh, give some experiences why you think one is better than the other, like I said, go ahead and send that in. We'll do it and review it on the show. Um, once I get the, uh, the shotgun, what I'll do is I'll actually kind of go and do our review criteria and uh, if you guys remember that, what we want to talk about when we're doing a review is we want to ask the questions of, you know, what is this thing is what was this thing designed to do? How well does it do it? What are the the cons about it? Uh, what modifications from the manufacturer from the company would I like to see made? And then finally, if you did any modifications to it, how did those work out? Did they make it better? Did they not do so much for it, or did they totally ruin it? So. Anyway, that's kind of my, uh, like I said, my shotgun saga that I'm going through right now. And I'll let you guys know as soon as I get them. I'll let you guys know uh, what I think of them and and, uh, good and bad and all that stuff. So, you know, the other day uh, I was looking at getting some, uh, 
L.L. Bean has them and they call them duck boots. And basically what they are is they're kind of, um, they've got sort of a softer sole on the bottom. And then they're they're more like a waterproof. they got kind of like that rubber waterproof that comes up. And then they'll be attached to a leather upper. And I've got a, I've got a, a pair that was kind of a, a copy of those that I've had, gee whiz, I don't know, for years and years, probably 15, 20 years maybe I've had these boots now. And I don't wear them that, all that often, uh, primarily because they're insulated. And uh, But um, this last time we went up to Montana, I wore them, and they, did, they, they stood up fairly well. But what I'd like to get is an uh, uninsulated pair, and I think what I'm going to do is go with the L.L. Uh, Bean version. Um, and I know they kind of run a little bit uh, on the bigger size. So let's say if you wore a size, uh, oh, I don't know, like a size 12 or something, and you were going to want to wear heavy wool socks with them, they say you need to, uh, that that would be fine in the uninsulated version. But if you were going to wear, uh, you, so you would order that size, so you'd order a size 12. But if you were just going to wear kind of mid-weight or regular, uh, like a thin wool sock with them, then you need to maybe order a size down, so that if you uh, if you wore a size 12, you would actually order the size 11. So... Uh, if anybody out there has any experience with the L.L. Bean boots, like how they fit, do they, I know you can get different widths and stuff, do they, do they run extra wide, do they run narrow, you know, if you look at some boots and things, I've got a pair of hiking boots and I've got kind of a, a more of a narrower foot, so um, for me, you know, I, I prefer, there's certain uh, shoemakers and bootmakers out there that their shoes, they just, they're a little bit narrower, and um, I've got a, a good pair of hiking boots that I like. And one of the reasons I like them is they seem to be, uh, they were narrower through the foot, but then in the toe box of it, I still had, you know, you still need to have room to wiggle your toes around and stuff like that. So if anybody has any experience with that stuff, especially with the L.L. Bean boots, and what I'm looking at is it's probably the, um, uh, it's going to be an uninsulated, uh, maybe 12-inch boot, and it would be probably the the main. It's called the main hunting boot, is what I'm looking for. So, let's take a, a quick little musical break here. And before I forget, all music you're hearing on the show is provided courtesy Music Alley from Media.
welcome back from that musical break. And before we left on that, I was talking about those LL Bean books. And one of the things that I did was I went on um, YouTube to see if I could find any kind of reviews or, you know, if anybody says something different than what the LL Bean website says. You know, just trying to do some research type stuff. So anyway, I'm on there and I type in like boot reviews and LL Bean boots and I don't really get anything. And so uh, I start looking around and there's some other things and I thought, oh, well, let's say boot reviews and stuff. And I said, oh, well, maybe I'll be able to look at that and and maybe somebody would have something that I wouldn't mind, you know, going and checking out and taking a look at. And I tell you, I wasn't really prepared for the what those actual reviews were, what those videos were, I guess I would say. They would say boot reviews and like two of them were actually boot reviews. And then the rest of them were like some weird fetish shit or something like that. And I would, I'd click on the video and I would watch it and it would just be some dude walking around and all you would see would be the boots. And then they'd like crush a light bulb or something like that. And I was thinking like, what the fuck is this? And then I, I looked down on like in the comment, uh, comment section and it was saying shit like, oh, I'd smell your boots or I'd lick your boots. And I was just like, holy crap. And, you know, I consider myself, uh, as I've said on the show, you know, hey, everybody, each each his own. As long as it doesn't hurt anybody, do it, knock yourself out. Go for it. But, like, that thing was just, it was just kind of weird. I mean, now I've kind of like, okay, well, if that's, you know, if that's what floats your boat, hey, more power to you, man. But I remember that, that first initial reaction I had was just like, you know, what the fuck? And, uh, and that was just something that, it was like something that I, you, that I would never even think of, or that thought would, it would just never occur to me that that would, like somebody would get off on some stuff like that. So, so anyway, I thought I'd just kind of throw that out there. So just be prepared. If you're going on there looking for some shoe reviews, you're not going to really find that. It's time to whip out my pimp cane and beat some knowledge into your heads. So listen up, motherfuckers. All right, this is the time in the show where I like to tell you guys about some uh, different podcasts that I've been listening to and uh, just give you some recommendations, things you might like. So, again, if you like a lot of the B-movies, the old sci-fi stuff, a lot of the old uh, kind of horror things from the uh, 40s, 50s, and 60s, even stuff from the 30s, a great podcast to go listen to is B-Movie Cast with Vince Rotolo. Uh, that's just an awesome, uh, an awesome podcast, and he puts out shows pretty much unlike me, one every week. So, and he's also got a co-host, Nick Brown. So, go over to B Movie Cast if you like horror movies. There's uh, several that I can recommend. There's the Dry Blood podcast. There's uh, Destroy the Brain. There is um, the Cadaver Lab. Uh, one of the ones that I'm really liking lately is uh, the host goes by the name of Gray on the uh, on the podcast, and that's The Dark Hours, and he does stuff that's really pretty neat. He's a big kind of slasher fan, but uh, within his own podcast, he does like two or three different type of uh, shows. So he'll have one thing called like the, um, the Dark Hours, or he'll have one thing where he maybe goes off subject or off, off his particular horror genre, maybe talks about something else, and he'll bring in other podcasters, um, who talk about movies and things like that. And, and so uh, give him a uh, listen. And again, that's called The Dark Hours. 
uh, really good podcast. There's also, uh, did I mention it already? There's Cadaver Lab, which is a really cool one. Um, the host there is a guy named Mike. And what he's been doing recently, the last few shows, is he's sort of doing that same thing where he brings in other podcasters and there's big segments. So the shows in and of themselves are pretty long, uh, but he's got some really cool segments. One of my favorite segments that he does is he goes over um, with a guy from another podcast, Stephen from uh, JAFMP, which stands for Just Another Fucking Movie Podcast. And he does a really good job over at his thing too. But when I like when those two guys... Uh, get together on Cadaver Lab, and they'll talk about old classic horror and stuff like that. So uh, as far as um, new books and things like that that I've uh, been kind of listening to, uh, you know, you talk about audiobooks and things like that, there's a guy, and his name is, and I can't really remember how to say his last name, but his name is John Miro, and that's spelled M-I-E-R-A-U. And he has a um, a podcast where he he's got some of his own um, his own fiction that he writes, and some of it um, is called. I think it's if you go onto iTunes and type in "Serving Worlds," you'll find him, um, or you can type in I think uh, just that John Moreau audiobooks, and you'll be able to get all his stuff. And that's his current feed. Um, so there's, he's actually got two feeds on there, and one of them is just that Serving Worlds book, and the other one has, like I said, I think is his current feed. So if you just typed in John Moreau audiobooks uh, over on iTunes, that would get you to him. Uh, let's see, what other ones? Um, Always Scott Sigler is a good one if you enjoy fiction. He is probably, I'd say right now, one of my favorite authors. Um I just I love listening to his stuff. He's the type of guy that no matter what subject he's he's writing about, he can really draw you in. Uh, let's see what's some other good ones. Um, you know I haven't heard from him, but I always enjoyed his podcast. But I haven't heard him uh, put one out in a long time. I don't know if he still is. Is the uh, Liberal Guncast, and that was hosted by Maxwell. Um, oh, there's one that I enjoy. I don't know. Uh, and it's still going pretty strong, uh, which is Smodcast, and that's with Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier. Uh, Kevin Smith is a director. If you don't know who he is, uh, you probably really wouldn't be too interested in a podcast, but if you know who he is, um, I'd say give his his podcast a a, a listen, get check it out. Um, also, one that I should be talking about a lot, but I don't talk about hard, that much or hardly at all, is the Survival Podcast with Jack Spierko. I've been listening to him for a while. I really uh, like him. Um, sometimes you got to sit through a little bit of the first five minutes where he's kind of an infomercial for joining up in his stuff and everything, but I, I, it's well worth it to sit through that. Um, he has a thing where you can become like a, a what does he call it, like a mem- part of the member support brigade or something like that. And if you join up with that, you get uh, discounts on some of it with some of his sponsors that he has over his website. But his primarily his primary thing is for the listeners, and uh, he's got just a ton of good information. Um, and I don't agree with everything the guy says, you know, uh, carte blanche. But I'd say 99% of the time, I'm right on board with the guy. So um, 
He's got, in fact, he's got uh, one of his shows. What was it? Show. Let me look it up here. Show 446. He talks about the shotgun. Man, that's a good show. I really enjoyed that show. Um, but he talks a lot about, you know, basically being prepared. Um, if you've never heard of him, his podcast is again called the Survival Podcast. Uh, but his main thing is, and I always liked his tagline was, uh, how's it go? Um, making things better today for when time, I, how the hell does it go? I don't know. Anyway, it's basically saying that you prepare for when times get, when times get bad or even if they don't. And so it's basically that you, you're doing things to try and make your life better, uh, so that everything that you do isn't this thing where you've, you know, hoarded, you know, 500 pounds of grain and you never use it. He's saying that when you do prepare, and this is a philosophy that I have believe in and have been a part of for a while, is that you, everything you do should be designed to make your life better, to move you forward in life, whether there's an end of the world or an apocalypse or whether things go bad or not. So uh, definitely give him a try. Um, let's see, what else? I think that's kind of going to maybe do it for about now. I'm trying to think if there's any books I'm reading. Oh, I'm going to try out. I don't know how well it's going to uh, be, uh, but I um, the original Dracula by Bram Stoker. Stoker, excuse me. His uh, one of his descendants or something has teamed up with another guy, and the book's been out for a while. But it's supposed to be a sequel to the original Dracula. So I'll let you. I'll give that a read and let you guys know what I think about that. Um, I did read a, a zombie novel. It was a Star Wars novel called, uh, Dead Troopers. It was pretty good. Um, it, it did a little bit of twist on the zombie stuff. So if you're a zombie fan, um, you'll, uh, you'll, I think you'd like that book. Uh, and it's a quick read. It's real easy to get through. It's only about a hundred or it's about 240 pages. So you could probably sit down in an afternoon and blast right through it. Um, Oh, speaking of zombie stuff, if you like uh, a lot of zombie stories, another really good podcast to go and listen to is Library of the Living Dead. Uh, that's still going strong. And in fact, the guy that runs that is trying to, to uh, get some stuff uh, published. He's doing his own, uh, setting up his own publishing company where he can take a lot of these people that are authors that that aren't going to ever get into the mainstream publishing thing like the big publishing houses. And uh, he'll publish through them. And uh, so it's kind of like a grassroots type thing. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think if there's anything I was watching kind of TV-wise or movie-wise that I've seen recently that's that I think was pretty good. Um, I'm always watching some, kinda, some kung fu movies. I recently watched... Um, uh, have sword will travel which i liked it's uh, some of these um some of the older shaw brothers movies and stuff are are a little talky but there's always a lot of good kung fu action in there um let's see what was the movie oh i watched i think i, I maybe have already mentioned it i watched that animated movie nine which was pretty cool i watched um let me think here what was some of the other stuff i watched uh I watched uh, Daybreakers, which was a kind of a vampire movie. wasn't bad, you know. It was pretty good. It was an enjoyable watch. I also watched. Um, let me pull up my Netflix thing and see what I'm looking at here. Oh, I watched that old George Romero movie called The Crazies. Pretty good. 
Um, you know what I may do, maybe in the next couple of shows or something, I may do uh, some movie reviews on some, some of the stuff that I've been watching. One of the things that I um, really liked and thought was it was kind of a fun to, to go in the Wayback Machine was I watched um, Day of the Animals from 1977. It starred uh, Christopher George and Leslie Nielsen. Um, and it was just kind of neat to see, you know, that old movie from the 70s and what they were talking about. Um, let's see. Other than that, I think that's going to about do it for today, monkeys. Um, like I said, if you guys want to contact me or send in a review or um, maybe if you, some of you guys have a suggestion for a movie that we could kind of all watch, we could put it out there and then have like a call in on it or something like that if we wanted to do something like that. Uh, other than that, I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, we'll go ahead and we'll wrap it up for today. Later, monkeys. This guy's got a monkey scrotum and he's bragging about it. Houdini!